Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris Reed um, in the esports gaming space. Um, I always start my story off with um, you know, my brother being gamers for pretty much our whole lives. Uh, you know how that goes, kind of up and down, uh, depending on uh, what you're doing in your life at the current time, right? Um, but ever since I opened up a Super Nintendo and I was around six years old, I'm 33 now, um, been been a gamer uh, at you know different various um, stages of my life, kind of going through um, my my we started playing Smash Melee. It was like one of our favorite games growing up. And my brother continued that trend and uh, really started uh, competing locally around 2014, 2015. And so that's putting him at right at six years uh, playing the game in the circuit and uh, quickly became like, number one in the state and one in the region. Um, his name is Austin Reed. Uh, his t- uh, gamer tag is Reeve on Twitch. Uh, now Twitch partner, uh, top 100 in the world in Smash Melee. So been a part of my, you know, the esports e- been kind of my peripheral for a number of years, for about six years. Um, but the last, definitely the last couple of years, uh, it's been more prevalent what I've been doing. And um, it's just really cool to see what has happened. Because we, it's, it's funny because we, uh, we went to our first Smash Melee event in 2005. Really? So to see, where that, yeah, it, it was actually at Game Force. Uh, it was like a little $20 tournament. And to see where that's come from, from there to today, is just, it's amazing. So it's kind of 15 years in the making. Um, but it's been an interesting journey. Um, so now, so I've had, I've had over the last, so going back to 2011, I've had two different startups, uh, one in the fitness space and one in the kind of the quasi fintech space. Um, so I've been through that process of starting something from zero, right. And, uh, and building it up, uh, branding and, um, going through that, that process of, um, going through a startup and it, it, it was very interesting, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, um, and I wanted to leverage my experience through those two to kind of bring that to the esports space, essentially, um, and kind of taking two passions and leveraging experiences and, and bringing it to the industry. That's awesome, man. And what are the two startups? Uh, one was uh, what was it was called Ascend Fitness, and it was uh, basically a wrestling training facility as well as uh, boot camp training, uh, personal training classes. Um, so I did that for, for about a year and it was, it was really cool. My degree is in exercise science from university of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely learned a lot from that. It was definitely my first venture. Um, that, and, uh, you know, learned a lot of what not to do as operationally as a business, uh, but learned a lot about social media. Um, and this is back, you know, when Facebook's, it was just incredible for organic reach. And we were able to reach a lot of people here locally, mm-hmm. just Facebook and definitely could have done, definitely could have done better. I think we all look back on certain things and say, yeah, we could have done that a little bit better on certain things, but I learned a lot through that process that, that first, um, you know, that the first venture. Um, and then the second one was actually my, it was funny. My brother was like, Hey, uh, this is 2015. I was kind of in the, the trading and finance space myself. And, um, he started streaming on Twitch in 2015 and then mm-hmm. early 2016, he's like, um, hey, you're doing like stock charts and stuff like that, right? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, he's like, why don't you like do that on Twitch? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no one's ever gonna listen and watch someone looking at Apple stock chart. Like, <laughs> like no one cares. <laughs> no, one cares. no way. Yeah, no one cares about that on Twitch, you know. But he was like, just try it and see what happens. And I was like, well, I'll try it. Um, because currently I was at the time I was just doing the technology sales and that's kind of just security space. So I just did it on my, you know, on time when I could, and I was very excited when like, it's, I didn't know what streaming was. I didn't know what a camera, the mic, and I didn't know any of that stuff. I just like turned it on and somehow I figured it out uh, to go live. And, you know, the first little flicker of one person pop in and it pop out and it was really cool. I was like, oh, it's amazing. Someone's actually watching this, you know, um, but, you know, I, I learned a lot on there. Uh, built, we built a community on there on Twitch. And then um, essentially it was just traders and investors coming together and sharing ideas and concepts. Um, and then we transitioned it over to Discord, uh, summer 2016. This is this is early Discord. I mean, this is mm-hmm. right when they got the audio channel and started really taking off um, as a platform. Um, and we just we created one of the first uh, you know trading slash or trading communities um, on Discord. And it was really it was fun. A lot of really interesting. Um, and did that for about three years. Had an exit 2019. And I'm still kind of you know part of that a little bit on the board, but. It, it was just really interesting experience for me, but I'd always been right next to esports because Twitch. I mean, obviously, you know. So, I, and we were constantly looking at Activision, EA, Take Two from like the fundamental and technical standpoint, from kind of the financial side. 
Um, so it was almost like a seamless transition, you know, when I wanted, I knew eventually, I would, you know, somehow, some way, want to get involved in esports. Oh, yeah. I mean, esports has grown so much. It's like you got out, so you can, and even then, it's still really early. Yeah, it, so now, yeah it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, what makes esports uniquely different from the regular game experience that most people experience every day when playing games? Um, that's, that's a really good question. There's a lot of different ways to uh, kind of attack that. But obviously, it's that competitive layer. You know, I think it's one thing, uh, you know, there's casual gaming and then competitive gaming. And I think we've all experienced both. Um, it just adds another, it just adds another layer to it. Um, and not look, every, you know, most everyone can play casual games, right, for the most part. Um, you know, you just pick up a game and start playing, especially with mobile and the accessibility of mobile. Um, but you create those kind of the, the um, you know, you have to be elite to be able to compete at a very high level. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. like traditional sports. Another part of my background, I'm involved in wrestling for the past two decades as a coach and a competitor myself. And, you know, you can say, you, you know, it's funny. Some people say, oh, yeah, you know, I wrestled in high school. It's like, okay, well, how long did you go? Oh, for about a week. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> That's you can nothing. Say, you can yeah, say no. you do something and, like, you've done something before, right? Like, okay, I've, I'm a gamer. Okay, well, what does that mean? You know, do you play once a month or, you know, are you a competitive gamer and you're putting in six to eight hours a day, potentially more? in trying to be elite at it. So I love that question that you framed that way. Um, you know, there's many, many layers when it comes to um, casual gaming versus competitive gaming. Yeah, I don't think people understand the practice it takes to be a streamer. Like, it's not just, oh, let me go pl- pick up the controller and maybe I'll be a streamer. It's like, no, it's it's hours and hours and hours of practice. And sure, yeah, it can exactly. be fun, but it's, it's still, like, it's a lot of grinding the same thing over and over again. And you might not even make money. It's, it's tough. It, 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 exactly. And that's and, and that's the other and well, I know we'll get into this a little bit, but you know, you have to love what you're doing. Like if you don't love like streaming or you don't love that game that title that you're playing and the grind of it, you're not gonna make it like a hundred percent. It's just not gonna happen. So it, that's something to really keep in mind. And you know, you're gonna have to ask yourself that question. Now, a lot of people, you know, everyone's getting FOMO now of oh, I gotta be a streamer. Oh, I gotta be I wanna be an esports mm-hmm. pro. Well, that's great. But you have to you have to love it because you're not. It, it's obviously grass is greener on the other side on a lot of things uh, in life and in business, and this is the same thing too. Because you're going to run into some brick walls, and if you don't love it, you're not going to do what it takes to get over that wall. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. So I know you're not a game developer, but for anybody making games, what would you think they should focus on when making a game specifically for esports? Because you know, I know, like for instance, like yeah. Fortnite, it's not it wasn't made for esports, but now it's progressed into an esport game. So, what can someone do for a new game, or even for their existing game, to make it more esport focused? It's really interesting. So, my mind went a couple of places. One was, you know, I've I've heard of of titles um, that over time, when patches come out, the community just did not like the patches. You know, mm-hmm. and, and developers need to, you know, publishers need to figure out as well, like what does the community want as well like i know they i know they have to have a framework in mind like what they want to make but it, in the end if it destroys a community and it and it breaks them up what do you have left so i know that's maybe a higher level big picture thing but that's something to kind of think about um and i know we'll get this a little bit later as well but it's about your community you're as strong as your community whatever business that you're in and 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 gaming is no difference or gaming or esports is no different so it's something to keep in mind because you do see um you know in, in a couple of titles right now where some of these patches have come out over the years and it, it's kind of created some disjointed feelings within the community. And when you start doing that, that's when you see some, some degradation um, in titles and over time. And that's, and it's all, obviously if that title doesn't exist, there is no esport. But so it's something I don't necessarily hear that talked about a whole lot. Um, but I don't know, this is kind of where my mind goes initially. Well, community is very important, and I've seen it a lot of Reddit on forums where people just like this ruined the game. I can't play it anymore, and then you start getting outcry. Like, and it's something small. Like, for instance, Star Wars Battlefront Two. It wasn't esports focused, but they released it with like uh, loot boxes, and it just outcry and destroyed the game reception. People were not pre-ordering it, and then they fixed it, and because they listened to their fans. So it's like stuff like that. You got to be careful. Otherwise, you'll lose people, and then you won't have a successful game. Or like Red Dead Two, it's another game where it's like. You're focused on the multiplayer. Oh, we're going to do uh, the cash cards. People will pay. It's a Red Dead. Why not? But then the game has no content or the game is just a, the currency value is not correct with the 
the way the game should be played. Like, you're spending $50 for something that, that gets you really nothing in the game. It's like, why would you do that? And you lose people. And then you make a game that took you seven years, and you're not making money off of it. Like Things like that you really have to be careful with. Exactly. So growing with your community. And, it, mm-hmm. and I think and, and I don't think I know for a fact in other industries it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the same exact the same exact thing to where you grow, you know, the feedback loop of if you you know you build a community, you put something out there to get feedback so that you make the adjustments so you make it better than over and over and over again. I mean that I mean obviously the publishers that have done the best have done that. I mean I think mm-hmm. without 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 question you look at kind of what Riot's done, um, they listen to the community. Um, and and they yeah. and on top of that, I mean, look at how much support they give to their to their esports. So it's, you know, I could go on and on about that about publishers not supporting esports, and that's a really interesting conversation too. Yeah, I don't think they realize the impact it's having, and like some people have mentioned that in the future, esports might become more popular than all sports now because they're more intuitive of what the community wants. Like you can watch it on Twitch, YouTube, street, like everything's just there for you to have. And they make cool montage, and it's just everything's related to consumer experience. Whereas, like nowadays, it's like you have to have just ESPN, you have to have just this, just to watch it. And we don't really want to put out like merch for you. Like I don't know, it's just very like it's not focused on the consumer as much. Where it's into social media, and then also when it comes to this, I was like very interested is some of the mistakes you've made, and I want to like understand more about it. You said with the tech companies. Oh yes, uh, going back to other startups. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just well, and that's going back to um, you know, scaling and, th- and things like that. I think you know, you know, it's one thing. Well, I guess I'll go back to this too. Is you know, ninety percent of startups don't even end up making significant revenue. I mean, they don't even get from the ideation stage to actually to market um, because their MVP took two years to do, and by the two years, th- their window was over and they ran out of money. Like there's, you know, there's, it's, it's really interesting, like the different levels of, um, you know, there's, there's so many ideas out there, so many startups out there, um, but to actually go to market and actually make revenue and not only make revenue, but then be profitable. I mean, that right, that right there is almost a unicorn these days um, because of, you know, basically cheap money, low interest rate environment, um, you, know, v, you know, VC money that has obviously just continued since 08 and kind of propping up. Um, you know, not every company, not every business, but you have that phenomenon going on. Um, and when you have historically low interest rate, interest rate environment, you have capital that's looking, that's you know starting for for yields and starting for uh, you know a return on investment. So you kind of have this 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 cyclical thing that's happening uh, with capital. Uh, this environment will not continue. Um, so you're as a startup, you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to look at some of these, and if we look at it as in esports, you know, the teams that are going to make it, the organizations that are going to make it, are the ones that have a high floor. And what I mean by that is those that are making content, those that actually have a have a significant following. And right off the top of my head, I think of Hundred Thieves and Phase Clan, and you like saw what Hundred Thieves did this weekend on their their merch drop. You know, it's just incredible. But you know, they've diversified how they can make money versus you know a team that's more focused on competition. Like, hey, we got to go. And, not, and I'm not saying that every team is, you know, or you know, uh, other teams are just like this, and that's all they do. But hey, we got to go win TI10. If we don't win TI10, we're out. <laughs> like, it's like I'm not, I'm not saying there's something to do that, but you know, <laughs> there might be a few out there. We'll just leave at that. Um, exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? So it, it from the from the esports side, you know, you diversifying yourself, and then that, if you have that content creation layer. Which a few teams have really mastered that man, and, and some of these teams weren't even in esports. Facebook wasn't even in esports when they first started. That they made crazy. content. They made content. <laughs> they had nothing to do with with competitive gaming, right? And you see what's happened with them. So they created. You know, I'm not making this up. This isn't a theory. This is real fact. I mean, they created content, right? So they created a high, a floor for them. Then they said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I think I'm gonna get in esports," and then they got in esports. So they've already laid out the foundation, and they've they you know they're in hundred thieves and hundred thieves, they just started in twenty seventeen I believe, so less than three years, and look what they've done. Um, so the blueprint is out there for esports orgs to be successful. It's whether they're going to execute, other teams are going to execute on that. Exactly. Let's hope so. Though it's not it's not easy work, but you just no. have to put your content out there. No, yeah. Right. So now I was interested. So. You were talking about community and how like Riot's focused. So, so how can somebody really make a good connection with the community? 
what are some like tips you've seen that were like people have done it right and then where are some they did it wrong um you know having that the, the having less friction of communication with your community okay. um and, and however that looks for you know everyone's gonna every uh, company's gonna be in a different situation um but having less friction and letting people's voices be heard so obviously everyone knows about discord these days not so much you know 2016 but you know these days pretty much everyone in space have heard of heard of that and that's just that's just another way i'm not saying you know discord's end all be all but it's a great example of less friction and your community's voice being heard and actually listening to i mean because that is research your, your community like everyone pays for data research and all that right well what if you had that community that's giving you the research it's like free research yeah you don't want that, that go away mm -hmm. you know so and I know there's other platforms other the Discord, things like that. You know, I pump Discord a lot, but I mean, it's, but that's, it's going to feed you the information that you need. So you just need to tap into it and actually listen and um, don't have a, don't just have an idea and say, okay, this is the, this is the only idea. We're going to hold on to this and be prideful and actually listen to what the feedback you're getting. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Actually, going back to what I was saying before about the, uh, the rise of esports. So I was talking about how it's, um, it's more focused on consumer. Also, it's more safe. Like nowadays, you could probably do VR and augmented reality football, and it can be way more exciting, I guess, because you can have like different world assets, different like particles. You can have an event happening, and it's all going to happen within like headsets and stuff. But people can see it as a big like stadium because like, of augmented reality. So people won't be getting hurt as much. So it's like it becomes safer, becomes more entertaining because it starts to get like this cool world space instead of it just being a field. And stuff like that, which is it's like people are gonna love that. It's gonna become bigger. So get on the train now. Get get on it. And um, actually, for instance, if somebody wanted to start working in esports, what would you recommend for them? So it's funny because we, we kind of already said the answer, but you're you need to make content. And now, why is that? I was talking about this last week um, on a live stream, and you know what's funny is your content now is your resume. Mm -hmm. like your traditional cool. resume you know it's very interesting how old school is hey i gotta type out my resume it's one page or let me see your resume right so for so for so what i'm doing actually for level up experience that's kind of the, the content arm of things i'm doing within esports and gaming you know potentially we'll be hiring here soon right um i'm gonna ask for people's social media like i want to see your youtube i want to see your tiktok i want to see every all the content you put out there i'm not gonna not ask for a resume but I would rather see your content first. So your content is yeah, your resume. Your, you know, your your content is who you are. So if you don't have any content out there, then you don't really exist. And I mm -hmm. hate to say it like that, not being mean to anyone, but you just don't exist. Yeah. Um, and it's more powerful. You know, a a two minute resume video, air quote, right, of who you are, where you've come from, your experience. That's more powerful for me to watch than a piece of paper. Hmm. No, I agree. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because for, even, this is very, very, um, the same thing basically for uh, game developers on the point, on the ball, because they have to make portfolios. And it's like, yeah, sure, your resume says like where you went to school, who you like, challenges and the competitions and extracurricular stuff. But the most important thing is the stuff you can do. No, like, sure, you went to the best school ever, but can you make an awesome 3D model? Can you make an awesome uh, game using programming game mechanics can you do all this stuff and do it so that we can trust you to make our game and we want to see let's say you social media they went to events they post regularly programming stuff they post regularly art stuff they post art basically their stuff online is their content and it's like instead of putting in a portfolio put it on social media put it out there for the world to see it oh he's a programmer oh he's an audio guy he's a game director like stuff like that is so key and it, I, I agree it's, it's just it's your new resume and if you don't put it out there nobody's gonna know like I went to a break in into the game industry event and they were talking about you know just you gotta show us your work like sure your resume is good and all but like we need to see what you can do and that's really all that's, that matters like you can have the greatest resume you can have the greatest stuff in the world but if your work and it's not top notch if you don't make it for the people to see then we just that's what you're gonna lose and you can see that too when you post it and you're like oh this one was good oh you're lacking here oh something's happening people will tell you if you have a community too people will be like hey Something wasn't right with this art piece. And they're like, oh, cool. I didn't see that. Let me go fix it out. And it helps a lot. And it's just very important nowadays in this age with all like TikTok and Instagram and all stuff, especially TikTok, because you can grab a lot of people who are younger generation that will can be your future fans in the future. So. Yeah, correct. I mean, so that that's just, 
and I was going to throw a question at you. So is, I mean, do you see enough, do you see many people doing that in the development space? Because I'm not as intimately involved. Now I have connections, I have conversations around it, but I'm not intimately day-to-day involved in the developer space. But I would, I, I, my guess would be there's not enough of that going on. There's not enough. And then I'm not doing it right. So I've seen a lot of like profiles where it's like, oh yeah, I do all this game stuff. And it's like, you have a hundred followers. Like, so something's not something's not right. <laughs> yeah, no, sir, I've seen so many of that. I'm, or even just game studios. There's a bunch of indie game studios where it's just like, I got 500 followers, but like, you know, okay. It's like, is this your first game? Oh, it's my second or third one. It's like, okay, you're starting to like, me first game, I get it, but you need to start fixing. You need to work on something, build a strategy, hire an agency, do something where you can start getting your work out there because you can make the greatest game, but if nobody knows about it, then there's no point. I mean, I for you, gonna, it is. Yeah. I was just going to say that, and we've said that on stream a lot on some of the interviews. If no one knows who you are, you lose. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care who, what it is. And especially in such a content-rich space, like, think about how much content, just like, I mean, it actually blew my mind because we actually broke this down in a conversation. But can you imagine how many minutes of content um, an organization has, a team has, like with all their streamers, all their content creators, and all their stream team? And if you put it all together, like in a library, it's like, I don't even know how many hours that would be, you know? So like I would say I would think same for the game development. Like your product, like what you're working on is your content. Like you should have I mean, you should have, I mean, thousands of posts out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I didn't. Especially like anything. Programming arts, like just take a picture of that day of what you did, post it the next day to do the same thing, repeat, rinse and repeat. That way people can follow your journey. Because I know Gary V likes to talk about that. Follow the journey. Like people yep. can see your journey from beginning to end. So that way when you become successful, people go, I want to know how he did it. There it is. In massive content now yeah and then yeah and now because uh, uh, you mentioned that earlier too um but actually i don't know how many game devs do this or whatnot but you know document your journey like mm-hmm. make videos of you making the game i would love to watch that that's neat that's cool that's like behind the scenes look it's like you know it's one thing to like make the product to put the product out there but it's another to have behind the scenes and have a series a video series and that you know and doing little clips of you know your frustrations like what worked what didn't you know what I'm saying? And that's providing, you know, insight into you and then building relationships that way. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, motivating other people and things like that. Not that you're giving answers to competitors and things like that, but, you know, you're putting yourself out there as kind of a thought leader. No, yeah, I agree with that. I've seen only a few people do that. Maybe like maybe three out of like mm-hmm. all the game developers out there. Wow. And I think it should be done more. I think it really, and like, especially with high production value, like get someone to like follow you around or do something where you can get like, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm spending my day. This is, we're making a game here. And it gets someone to edit it. And it can look, it can look really good, especially with, with game assets. If your game starts to come alive, it could be the most amazing, like entertaining video series ever. But uh, you just got to do it. That's the hard part. And actually, that's so we can go right into where can people in games industry meet to network or like esport industry? Great question. Um, you know, the w- one platform that is extremely uh, overlooked is LinkedIn, and it fascinates me. And it, I think there needs to be a case study as to why LinkedIn is so like overlooked. I'm not saying people don't use it. I mean, there's, the LinkedIn community is great, and there's a ton of people on there, and I, I've built so many great relationships just being on the platform and, and making content. And I appreciate those that have reached out and people that have jumped on my live stream and things like that. Um, but LinkedIn, if you're not using LinkedIn, you've got to get on there. Like there is no, Oh, I might do it. There is, you've got to get on there and make content, tell your story. What are you doing? You know, I mean, because people want to see that and, and there, and there's a, there's a low supply right now still on LinkedIn. Um, in the, in the game, especially in the game dev space, like I don't see nearly enough game dev stuff on there. People would crush it. If you made, again, let me just said, mentioned that like that. If you made a storyline of how you, what you were doing in, in game development, put it on LinkedIn as a series or whatever, uh, you would absolutely crush it. You'd absolutely crush it because supply demand. There's not many people. You just said there's, you only know three <laughs> in your mm-hmm. whole network, right? I mean, how many are doing it on LinkedIn? I don't know, two or three, like, at, yeah. you know, every day consistently, you know, mm-hmm. and then that becomes lots of supply demand. So the, I think the demand is sky high. I think people would love that content. And then the people you want to see it, it they're on LinkedIn. Like mm-hmm. people don't, people don't quite understand, like people that, they never thought they would ever be able to talk to or talk to you on LinkedIn. Like that's just LinkedIn community where people are there to network. Like that's why they log onto the platform. They're there to figure, you know, a couple of, you know, there's a lot of things we're trying to do, but they're trying to figure out, 
you know, how they can get connected with people and how potentially they can, so people can be part of the organizations or their strategic partnerships and things like that. So LinkedIn is, I, I think it really is number one, for, especially for those that haven't used it. No, I agree 100%. And actually, there's one guy on LinkedIn named Dilmer. He does these like VR, um, AR type Unity videos, and they're amazing. And he crushes awesome. it. He posts videos every day. And that's, and again, he's crushing it because it's like the only one on there that I see the post every day and actually like consistent quality content. And another one is uh, Matt Tovar. He actually used to work on uh, like Last of Us, did the animation and stuff. And he made Instagram. He was like, you know, let me try it. Like, let me just make my Instagram about my animation. And now he's got like tons of followers, tons of people, and he's known for this animating. He posts quality content every day. And I love it. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, we need more people like that. And I don't see that a lot. I don't see, oh, hey, I'm a programmer. I post all this stuff. It's like, I don't, where, where is it? I, I try to go through all these pages. Nobody. There's this other cool page where this person posts people's games. And I'm, he's doing a better job of posting people's games than the people are that make the games. It's kind of sad. It's like, like, you guys should also have your own page where it's, like, I go and look at the games that this person posts, and I go in the pages, and that's where I find 100, 100 followers, 200 followers. I'm like, these games look so good. How do you only have 100 <laughs> followers? Yeah. I'm like, well, you're, this channel right here is, like, thousands, and, and it's supporting your game, but, like, you still need, like, what's going on? But, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard life out there. Now, <laughs> well, and, and I wonder why, I wonder why, and I don't know, why is that? There's some underlying issue as to why people aren't doing that. Are they scared of other people looking at it and like giving them negative feedback? Like I don't understand why Ooh. you wouldn't do that. I guess I think I think there could be a couple of things. One, it could be they are not ready. They don't think they're ready. So like, oh, my game's not ready, so I'm gonna post it afterwards. It's like, okay, but just like any product or business, you have to market it before it actually is ready, because then if you market it the day it comes out, well then nobody's gonna buy it because nobody knows about it. So it's like. They, you got to at least beforehand, it's like, I, there's somebody I'm working with and they were like, we're going to start marketing it like a couple months before the game comes out. I'm like, okay, like we got to start now because with, you start right before a couple months beforehand, like you might not reach as many people as you could today. And they're like, oh no, no, we have to like plan. I'm like, I get it. But like you can post content on Instagram, Twitter, just small stuff to get people slowly interested. And then you can start posting those quality, awesome posts that like your marketing, tech, all that good stuff. But you also need some quality small posts in there too. Like you just need to slowly get yourself out there. Otherwise, you won't appear in algorithms. You won't appear in searches. You just won't appear, and then you'll waste your money on these big marketing budgets for things that could have been done for free with just a little post. Yeah, I think I think it's more. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure more on the on the development side. But it's hey, we're gonna make this, make this, make this, make this. Put all the effort into making something, and when it's ready, dump a bunch of money into marketing. That's literally most startups. (laughs) That's literally how it works. Like as far as, you know, go to market strategy is we're going to spend all this time, all this money, all this effort on this team to build this thing. And then when it's all done, we think it's perfect, which by the way, it's not because Mm -hmm. then you make it and then you're going to get the feedback of things you could have been doing along the way. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of, it goes along with what we mentioned earlier. So it's something, Mm -hmm. it's something to keep in mind and, and the startups that are doing it the other way of making content first and making that first. And I know it sounds crazy. People are like, well, you can't do that. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the ones that are do that, that, that those are the ones that, that make it because again same thing with same thing with face clan it, they made content first and then they, then they said oh we're gonna shift to esports it's the same concept across all startups especially in a content rich space in esports and gaming even mm-hmm. more so oh yeah definitely like for instance like ninja you, you know make what halo videos back in the day and uh, <laughs> just just yeah. kept making uh, videos and videos and videos and then Came to a point where it's just like people knew who he was. He was really good at Fortnite, and now he's like famous. It's just right. It's not an overnight thing. It's it's work and work and work and building up yourself too. So it's like sure you want to be a streamer, but it's like maybe you're not comfortable with the camera. Maybe you don't know your thing. Maybe you're not ready. Practice, and then when the time comes for you to go crush it, you're ready. You're ready. You're all, that opportunity came. So I got it. I've been doing this for a while. Sure, it wasn't that good, but now I got all my best about it. I'm ready, and you're good. So it's like same thing for pro marketing too. It's like you can start off marketing pretty bad and then you slowly learn. And then when the game is coming out, you're like, I already know how to market. I've like, tried so many different things. I've experimented. I'm ready. And I think that's another reason why people don't do it. They just don't know how to use it. And I use it as an excuse to go like, I'll never start. Like, I'll just get someone else to do it later. It's like, no, like they're not yeah. that hard. Like just go on all the platforms. Look at other people. Maybe in your space, someone's doing it the same thing. Like look at Matt Tovar on Instagram for uh, animation. Look how he does it. And go, okay, let me try it. Let me try what he's doing. 
Yeah, and, and then also a lot of people think that like maybe and maybe people think like this on LinkedIn too. But you know, okay, well, well there's a few, a few people making esports content. I'm too late. I can't make it anymore. This the demand is so high in gaming and development that it, it, it one other person coming in and making content isn't gonna you know yeah, you're no. gonna be a part of the ecosystem, right? So just because other people have are, are doing or you know are doing well or making content or whatever, you can't say oh well it's already been done. You know you're gonna put your own spin on it. And people will gravitate to people that they like. And the other thing, not everyone's gonna like you. Yeah. A lot yeah. of a lot of people just simply don't connect with your personality or whatever. And that's okay. Like no one's mad about that. It's just okay. And then so for people that don't connect with people already making it, maybe they're waiting for you to make what you want to do or make things how you make it. And then there's there's that connection there. So there's plenty of opportunity out there. But again, like you said, it's just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So you have the Level Up Experience podcast, right? What are some of the highlights of that podcast? What have you learned the most? Uh, well, I, the number one thing I've enjoyed the most is learning about people's stories of how they got started in esports and gaming, uh, and, well, and content creation. So, and, and I know it's kind of like all one breath, but you know, esports, gaming, content creation, and they all kind of exist with each other, um, but they are kind of subsectors. So I'd love to see. I've, I've been loving seeing like people's stories of how they've transitioned. Um, I had we did a live stream last week uh, with a lawyer that was that went to law school. I had a, had a practice for a number of years, and then eventually just sat down and said, I, I don't enjoy what I'm doing, and then said, Okay, what do I enjoy doing? Oh, I like I like games. Mm-hmm. I like talking to people about games, you know. And then so then transitioned into being a being a content creator. That's a Dr. Uh, Robert Carlton. Um, so we had a great conversation there, but just seeing those those transitions from I guess traditional markets or traditional jobs, air quotes, right, into esports and gaming, and that and look, that's just that's just saying, look, as you mentioned earlier, this is just the beginning as far as it being an actual industry because you're you know this this last couple of years, um, you know, you're really seeing a shift from traditional works workplaces, and there's and people starting to see the ability of okay, you can make a living. By doing, you know, by doing this now, and, and as you mentioned, it ain't it ain't easy. It's not easy, right? And a lot no. of this is having to the ones that are able to do it are the ones that are making content and documenting their journey. It's not like you just all of a sudden like one day say, "All right, I'm going to jump into esports and I'm going to start making money tomorrow." That that doesn't happen. No. It's it's a it, it, you have to have a long term process and mindset. And when I say long term, you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, that's like three months." You know that's the mindset these days. You know, long term is ten years. Like if you really want to do it long term, that's five years minimum, right? And things can happen, and life changes, and things like that. But that's that's how you want to kind of project yourself and ask where mm-hmm. where do I want to be five and ten years from now, not just five weeks from now. Exactly. Have the like investor mindset where it's like I'm investing in myself for the next like five ten years, and then I'll reap the benefits. Right. Uh, and of course, you have to eat. So, and, and, I and I totally understand all that. <laughs> You know, you have to eat. And that, here's the other thing. And this is when financial literacy comes into play. I love talking about this stuff too as far as, you know, what is your budget? What's your budget every month? What can you cut out of your life to cut down to hardly nothing to where you can go do your passion? Mm-hmm. That That's something that isn't talked about enough for sure because if, you've, if you're spending $3,000 a month on trash and garbage and things you don't need, that's going to stop you from getting into esports, for example, because you may not have the, you know, salary replacement to, to live the life you're living now to transition over. So, so I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's something, you. you know, that's something that people, I mean, potentially see as an issue. So you're, this forces you to become financially literate. And quite frankly, we weren't taught in school how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's a whole other thing, you know, but that's, but this financial literacy and where you are with your expenses and things like that, that is a huge, it's a massive deal. It's a huge deal because if you can't pay your bills, you can't change, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, give yourself the freedom to say, all right, I'm going to drop what I'm doing here, cut my salary in half and do what I love. So. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to talk about, is it Nutra GMR? Since you're saying they yeah. have to eat, you know, what is that they like for um, gamers like protein shakes and for like bars and stuff to help them stay energetic and uh, fueled for the so game? What I, what I can say. And that, you, you know, it's funny. So I'm, I'm on the advisory board for them. A great team, uh, uh, Josh and Alex and those guys. Uh, you know, w- with startups, you know, there's th- things you can or can't say, right? Yeah. Um, 
they're 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 coming out with a line of, of um, healthy alternative healthy alternatives mm-hmm. to the esports space and, and and for and for esports pros and uh, that's pretty much what I could say at this point. No, you know, I'm super super excited. Like that, a lot of things be rolling out um, over the next couple of months. And that's that's for the number of companies I'm working with as an advisor. And it's it's really amazing like what's happening. Like a lot of the a lot of the structure being put into put into place and the technology that's coming up in the startup space with esports. Uh, you know, I, I know it's cliche, but like 2020, 2021, there's just so many things that's going to change. And it's almost like this this 2.0 mindset and tech shift and you know because the industry is going to be disrupted multiple times and I, it just look and it's just me it's how i kind of see it and feel that this is one of the big disruptions that's kind of starting to happen because you know cult, the culture of the space has changed over the years and then i think it's in a kind of a transition and inflection point um but yeah focused on focused on health fitness I'm ultra passionate about that as being, you know, being a coach myself, kind of obviously on the traditional side of my brother, seeing what he's done over the past five years of the Smash Melee Pro, like, you know, just seeing that process. And it's more than just practicing the the game itself. It's, it's, you know, what are you eating? How much are you sleeping? There's so many other things. And there's obviously organizations that are, they believe in this, the the concept that you need to be physically fit and mentally um, at, at top notch to have, you know, not just perform in the present day or at the present tournament, but also long-term. You mm-hmm. might be able to add, what if you could add one to two years to your career as a player if you take care of your body? And that's definitely not talked about enough in this space. It's starting to. It, you're, the wheels are really starting to turn. You're starting to, starting to see that uh, with a, a lot of the strategic partnerships and things like that. But I think that's the very, very beginning, and we're going to have a culture shift. No, we yeah we need to too, like we need to get out of the old mentality where like games are bad. It's just a person in their basement, and then like you know the nutrition value too. Like people just need to start learning like you need to feed your bodies good quality food, not exactly. just whatever the uh, school diet is with the, the all the bread and all that bad stuff. And um, and it's just yeah, just everything about esports is interesting to me because it's just like you know people are starting to take like regime like training. And it's just like you don't understand like how important it is. And I also think the whole eating is very important for game developers too, because like a lot of game developers just sitting there for hours and hours, not eating, not exercising, not stretching. So then not only that, they're trying to learn, but like they're not learning properly. Like for all the games that TV students, it's like eat right, get good enough sleep, and that way when you wake up and go study, you can actually learn and keep the stuff in your head instead of falling asleep on the computer or not remembering anything or getting drowsy or fatigue or just just not having a good day because you're just like sick. You just need to take care of your body. I think that's really important. It's a good thing you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's the, and this is going to take a while. Now, I will, I will say that right now as far as the culture completely shifting. Cultures don't shift in a month. You know, this is going to – but it's going to be a chip away, a chip away. You know, you're seeing a lot of, you know, some PRs come out and things like that about just health and gaming and esports and how it's changing. And it's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And also educating young gamers as well about their health. And, and so it starts from the bottom. It starts with that foundation with the kids, um, and that's that's something that's also def- definitely very passionate about. Yeah, and actually, I was interested. So, I have this uh, not idea, but like I've been reading around, and like I think it's a great idea that that so that gaming is a new social media. It's like the new platform where everybody meets, interacts, and they can also brand themselves in a way with those streaming and all that stuff. So, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, lots lots of thoughts, man. It's it's. Uh we had this conversation about Fortnite, and you know um Fortnite is a social platform it's mm-hmm. a social media platform and that's what they want it to be that they want you know right once it, so they want it to be or epic wants it to epic wants Fortnite to be a social platform they've come out and said they said that so it's it's something to to understand that it's that's it's not, not it's not like it hasn't happened already and it's been social and someone made a comment earlier um you know it's been social for a long time. I'm not saying gaming was never social. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was social when I was playing Goldeneye in my friend's basement, you know, yeah, week yes. in and week out and Smash Bros. on 64 <laughs> and the Perfect Dark. I mean, it was social back then. Mm-hmm. And it was competing back then. I wanted to win. I wanted to win every match and I got upset. Like, oh, you know, so like too. I was part of that. I was part time. of that social, you know, that, that experience back then. So, um, 
you know, at Halo, when Halo 2 came out in the dorm on the land, like, you know, when Xbox Live came out and everything, you know, so I've been through, it's been social, but it's when I'm, when I, when I say that it's, but it's really becoming the social media platforms that we see right now. It's going to, it's going to basically what I, what I see is it's going to eat those. Like it's literally going to pull the from people from the current social platforms it's going to like degrade them i, th- I think over time and then it's going to the game like ga- the gaming world is going to absorb those people and it's already happening it's not that mm-hmm. it hasn't happened i mean it's already happening and and some and look some games some developers are going that route and they have come out and said we're going this is a social media experience this is a social experience not even so much in e-sport which is another conversation you know, not every not every uh, publisher is making that game to be an esport as well. Some mm-hmm. are, some aren't. Um, but regardless, this is the next. You know, whatever you want to say, two dot or three This is the next level of, of social media because of the accessibility. Um, because also also the camaraderie and the relationships, and you're competing with each other. When you you know, like just for wrestling, and when you compete with each other, just in the wrestling world. Um, and actually, scholastic wrestling, like high school wrestling, not not I guess WWE or whatnot. Nothing against WWE. I'm just you know, it's two different mm-hmm. conversations. Uh, but when you're when you're on there beating on someone's face every day, like that hurts. It stinks. But you build relationships with that person. Hundred percent. Yeah, you get closer with that person. You do. So if you're so we add the the competitive element of esports to gaming. That's only going to make things tighter for people. We're only going to be be more, uh, connected more with each other, especially on Discord. You've got a team and clans and all that. It's just it's just making everything more tight knit. No, I agree. And there's so many things I've seen on social media, which people just celebrating like wins and then getting together and then just promoting the game itself too. When you see like, oh, what are they playing? Why are they so excited? Oh, Fortnite. Oh, wow. Let's go play Fortnite. Like just stuff like that. And it's just a whole new experience in a new age. It's like. Like people are like, oh, it's bad because you know they're not pl- they're outside anymore. But it's like they're kind of doing the same thing they were going to do outside anyways with their imagination. Just now they can actually do it in the game. Sure, they have to go outside and exercise, but it's like our imagination is now projected onto this thing that we can now play and interact with people all around the world. Like you know, all these games that come out, they're amazing. The the things you can do now we're going to have VR and AR. Imagine going into a world. And it's like it's like traveling to a different planet essentially, and you can meet up with people. Like there's a movie Ready Player One. Like things like that is going to come. And it's just going to be more social media, more connections, more ways to to do esports, more ways to connect with people, more games to make. There's so many things that can happen. It's just it's only the beginning, and people don't realize. Well, the other, and the other thing to mention this is Roblox. Now, I don't play Roblox. Roblox I haven't yeah. downloaded. I mean, I, I have played it, but I don't play it every day, right? You know, and the injuries and horrors fund came in and led to 150 million dollars investment into Roblox yeah, last right. week. That's a yeah, massive right. news. Like. That is massive, massive news. Like I know people maybe over like glazed over that a little bit. People don't understand when they move, when they move money, people need to listen. Like that's mm-hmm. a big, big deal. 150 million. Oh, and it's, yeah. th- I mean, th- they're planning for something huge. And they, so th- this values them at four billion dollars. Roblox mm-hmm. is valued now at four billion dollars. And the vet- investors have come out and say, no, look, they have a vested interest. Okay, they should believe this, but I believe this as well when they came out and said that they want it to become the most popular online hangout. Mm-hmm. That was their quote. They didn't even say the word game in there, did they? They just, they nope. literally said it has the potential to become the most popular online hangout. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what's happening. It's already happening. No one's saying you're someone psychic or whatever. Like people, you know, money is aligning this way. Platforms are being built for this. Um, you know, developers and publishers are doing this. So it's it, this is in process and it's not going to stop in my opinion it's not and actually it's beautiful because will write one of the famous game designers talks about how like your game should be a kind of like a tool that they can use to create their own experiences and then one of the most important things in game design is the player experience it's like what is it that the player is supposed to be experiencing and make the game all about that so if you do that where the game is for them to create their own story you there you go you got a popular hangout where they can create their own stories with their own friends and then anything that they can think of it's they can make and there you go. You can have a game that can last for many, many years. Unlike some games where it's like, you know, you play one story. And, and some of those, too, they have stories that because they were so memorable, you remember them forever. But it's like when you focus on that, you 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 can have an eSport game that can last for many, many. Like Fortnite, there's – like at one point I was like, oh, you know, it's dying down. 
No, they've they've killed it too with like their own uh, characters you can buy, and they've made a story with those characters that just like it brings me back. I'm like, this is cool. Like you, it's not even a real story, but yet the characters, the expressions they make, the things that happen, I want to know more. I want to be a part of this experience. Everybody's just going in. It's just like I want to hang out with everyone. And then yeah, that just I love that, and I love the idea that just get a platform where people can create their own stories, and yeah, you and, essentially. And, it's cool because you don't even have to hire game designers. The players are their game designers. They do all the work that you've left them for with your tools you made. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing on this too, which this goes a little bit deeper, but when you can when you make when you make a game or an environment where people can make a living and oh. you make it a market, it's all it's that's it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously where we're going. I mean, yeah. people have been making livings on I, – I was a WoW player for a little bit, not, definitely not super hardcore, but I was a WoW player for about a year. My brother was a WoW player for about three years, and people made livings on WoW, okay? When you mm-hmm. look, Okay, now look how popular WoW was, okay? It was revolutionary, absolutely revolutionary with Blizzard did. So with Roblox, same thing. People make livings on Roblox, mm-hmm. good livings, right? So when you – like you said, you make the platform so that other people can make things, then can make a living – then that's that takes it to a whole another yeah. really another dim- another dimension. We're talking about VR, AR. Then that comes a conversation with you know what's real life, what's not real life. Because people, you know, the whole argument was, well, you're playing a game, you can't make a living. That's gone. Like that yeah, mentality, gone. that yeah. mentality, and that's been gone for a while. It's not anything new, right? With the streaming and things like that for a number of years. But when you can make a, a living and provide for your family, yourself by playing by playing in an, in an environment. Being part of it's environment. crazy. Oh my god. There's this one guy, I think his name's Elka Gaming. He is making like the Avatar Last Airbender game and this game called Dreams. So this game came out for PS4 called Dreams, where you can basically make whatever you want. Whatever you can think of, you can make. It's like a 3D modeling platform. A uh, you can use logic, which is like programming, you can do movies, games. So that whole thing sets it up for you, and then people can just create whatever they want. You can sculpt, you can do whatever. It's like it's insane. All for like $30. And then he's making this game, and he's got streaming, and now he gets paid to just make this game in this game. That's it. That's all it does. That's his bit. Like it's insane. It's like you can do it. You just gotta put in the work, put out content, listen to feedback, and just keep going until you do make your money. You might have to get bad jobs. You might have to do certain things you don't like. But the long run, you have to invest in time that you'll make it, and you'll be getting paid to just stream. Yeah, exactly. But and, and again, it's more volume than it is. Than it is production value, and if you're a Gary V follower, you know you know obviously Gary talks mm-hmm. about it a lot, but yeah. but it, it's it's more about volume. If you do 20 posts versus one post, you got 20 times more content out there. Mm-hmm. Now the one post might be better looking, but to who? Who does who says it's better looking? Exactly. Like, they talk about sub- subjectivity all the time. Mm-hmm. You may think, oh, those 20 posts don't look great. Somebody else might think those look just as good as that one. Or so it's authentic to them. Yeah, right. They connect with it. We're all different human beings. We're not mm-hmm. all the same humans, so we connect differently. So that's I think volume is the key because then also, and Gary talks about it a lot too, but volume is the key because then it creates feedback from what you post, so that next time you can change it. Mm-hmm. It's the feedback loop that once you it's interesting once you understand the concept, it really does change the landscape and mindset of making content because like I got to make content so that I hear from them. So that I can make more content. So I can hear from more. So I can make more content. Mm-hmm. Like once you get it, it's over. Like on that stuff, because then you'll then you'll say, "How? Why wasn't I making this content? You know, t- six years ago." You know. No, I agree. And then the game industry has kind of hit like I think a rough patch where it's been like, it's been hard for them to maintain financially because they make games and then it takes too long to make nowadays. And you get games that get rushed now and stuff like that. But I feel like the whole esports, the whole popular hangout, if you do your game right, can completely help survive in the business. Because now you got games that are free to play, but if you do it right, it might actually make you more money in the game that costs $60. If you put time into creating community, time to the game being like a hangout. Instead of it just being like, oh, let's get a game out every year. It's like, no, why don't you build something that can last you for a while because you focused on a player a popular hangout like roblox like you might you might win it might help beat that whole like you know we did not make enough money let's make crappy games it's like no you got to beat that old model we got to throw that away it's a new social media we gotta move forward and actually i was interested what is a game bizcon and why is it important um yeah so this is gonna be called biz tech 
Um, and basically they are specializing in virtual events, which is obviously a very uh, polarizing topic right now uh, with the coronavirus and, and all the physical events that have been canceled. Um, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's um, you know, it's terrible what's happening with that. Um, you know, obviously there's been cases in the U.S. and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's, it's a situation where, you know, physical events 10 years from now are going to look a lot different than they do today. Uh, virtual events, this is the beginning for virtual events. I mean, it's, and we've done, look, we're doing a virtual call now. I mean, we've done virtual things for a long time, but immersive virtual events, that, that's kind of like, so what's it, we, we have this conversation of, you know, where we are right, where we are right now. Like tomorrow, VR and AR is not going to take over. It's just no. not, it's no. not ready yet. Right. So if that's at number 10 and we're at zero, what's step one? So what's kind of the next step? Right. Um, and it's these virtual events for business. So if you can't physically make the event for whatever, for, for cost, a lot of startups don't have much money. Right? No, yeah, <laughs> right? They don't have money just to throw around, especially bootstrapping. Right. So like a, a startup in that situation um, can get involved and have conversation with people they otherwise would not have. Right. Mm -hmm. So you create that virtual platform to have matchmaking where you have, you know, a thousand, say a thousand people in the database, thousand companies, and you look for strategic partners, partnerships based on a search engine. Like I'm looking for X, X and X. You put it, put those in, bam, you get locked up with four companies and four contacts just like that. So this is the future. Like th this is no debate either. Like this is going to, this is happening. It's going to happen more at scale as we go along the next couple of years. But that's, I think on the business side, that's kind of step one. Um, you know, another, another company I'm working with is called Gamer Jive. I'm on the board as well. And they're also kind of in the virtual event space, but on on the on esports and gaming and, and uh, streaming side, but created a browser-based platform. And I've streamed this a couple of times on LinkedIn Live, where you have a character and you're walking around in a world. It's very, it, one thing I would say about it, it's kind of like wow for esports and gaming business. You have a character, and there's other characters in the space. Mm -hmm. And say you go, go to like say they do a virtual event alongside an E3. So you can't go to E3, but you can go to this browser-based one click, and boom, you're in this immersive event, right? An augmented um, experience essentially, where you you have your character, and let's say it's it's a business networking event. It's and essentially each character has a different skin on. So I know, oh, there's the, there's the esports attorney over there because of, of what they're wearing. Oh, there's a game developer because of what they're wearing. And you're able to, as your character, walk around this conference room or conference area and go up and talk to people with audio or text and then create focus groups. It's endless. It re yeah. It's really endless when it comes to that. And then also it gamifies the experience. And look, we're, we're, we're all gamers. In this space, like my conversations on whenever I have phone calls are – been a gamer my whole life. Been a gamer my whole life. Been a gamer. Been a gamer my whole life. Right? Like, that's usually how it starts, right? Yeah. Or, you know, gamer for a while. So we like things that are gamified. So why hasn't the business side been gamified yet? I don't get it. Like mm. I don't understand that. So and it's funny how business, the business side of things is usually late. Like it, I don't know how to explain this, but like it, it it's like delayed. Um, and I, you know, you know what I'm saying? I guess on the like on the consumer side. You look at playing Fortnite, and that's been around for a while, and things like that. But where has the business, like the virtual business gamified experience, been? And that's kind of what game, Gamer Jobs doing with these virtual events. And so it's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's gonna be great. Like it's, you can just go into a virtual world and have a virtual E3, because E3 is dying now. Now Sony doesn't go anymore. Nobody really wants. Like I think one of the main hosts doesn't go anymore. It's just mm -hmm. that's changing up. GDC got canceled because of the coronavirus. It's like. You could avoid all that just by having a virtual space and being like, you can do it all. Like once every the VR gets handled, it kind of be like there used to be a thing on PlayStation called PlayStation Home. You could just go there and have virtual. Like people would go and make their characters wear clothes and then go have events. They even had I think they even had a virtual year E3 and I think when E3 came they had like a little world that was like E3 kind of, which is cool. It's like you should be like that. You should have it access to people all over the world. You can get more attention. Again, you can sell more things too, more merch, more. Uh, space more spots yeah, it's virtual. yeah, it's yeah. 
virtual merch, um, yeah. different different skins. You can mm-hmm. have games within side the platform. Yeah, it's so after your conference, endless. you come out with your character and you go play a game together, like soccer or whatever. I mean, it really is endless. You know, on, on kind of adding those upgrades and those different layers, not just jumping on the platform to go to a business event, but after the business event, have a have a you know a virtual party or a get together with your friends or your colleagues, right? Uh, instead of you know, there's companies run on. Here's the other thing: there's companies that have been running on Discord for years. And I know people that have done it <laughs> very close. Wow. Like people have run businesses on Discord, right? Okay, what's the next step? The next step is to have it virtually, like in an immersive experience where you walk in with your character, like you have a character, and all your information is up on virtual boards because it's you're in that 3D environment. Mm-hmm. I can see more in a 3D environment than I can on Discord where you have to push, you know, post image, post image, and scroll. Mm-hmm. That cha- It changes no, everything. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, the future is exciting. What are you, I, know, what are your ideas I get, I get a little future? too excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what are your ideas of the future of esports? Oh man. Um, well, it's it's when you say the future. There's been so many. There's so many ways I so many ways I can go with that. One thing I want to mention, obviously, intimately involved in the in the Smash Brothers melee community with my brother and what he's doing and been around for so long. Uh, and I and I just love it. it's my favorite esport to watch. Is, is melee Super Smash Brothers melee? Nothing not, nothing bad on Ultimate. It's a good game. No, I got but, it. Uh, it's just that, you know, you kind of gravitate to certain things, especially when your family members, <laughs> you know, pretty good at it. Yeah, exactly, um, right? <laughs> you know, right? Um, you know, I, I see, I see uh, a lot of games, a lot of, uh, you know, communities, a lot of titles that are undervalued, man. We talk about, I t- we talk about Smash Brothers a lot. Just an example, like the uh, fighting game community is, is just very undervalued. Um, and, and you've seen different money being placed you know, bets have been placed in certain spots in esports so far. It hasn't really been like money across the board. It's been boom, we're gonna slam it. You know, on the top titles. I don't have to go through all the top titles right now. But there's all these these interesting, undervalued, overlooked, underpriced pockets in esports, and I think FGC is one of them, and Smash Melee is too. We've been yelling and screaming, why isn't there some type of you know, tour or some type of championship for Smash Melee and Ultimate. It makes zero sense, but it's because money just don't, they don't get it. But I, and I don't mean to be mean to anyone or like the sponsors and stuff, but it's just they have to wrap their head around it. They have to understand it. They have to understand that at Genesis, there was 105,000 peak viewers, viewership for Smash Melee. 100,000 people on Twitch. And not many, not many people know that. How many people know that about Smash Melee? It's just exposure and people just don't know. And I'm not mad at people for not knowing. If you don't know, you don't know. Um, so I see, I see a lot of, you know, different communities that are undervalued that are going to start getting noticed. And, and if the publishers ever supported them and, you know, Nintendo's come out and I'm not mad at Nintendo, but Nintendo's come out and obviously they they don't really care about esport in general, right? They don't Mm -hmm. care about their esports, um, for their titles. If they ever get involved, right, it's about publisher support. But you look at a game like Smash Melee, it's had zero publisher support. And actually, it's like negative support because whenever, when events have actually started, try to get started, they have actually stopped them what? in the past. Why? Yeah. So, and I'm not mad. I'm not mad at Nintendo. I'm just, I'm just stating facts. So, it, it it's gonna happen where again, it's it, certain pockets have been built up in the space, and some have been overlooked. You know, and I just think getting involved in, in underpriced. Uh, communities being involved there, intimate understanding. Like when you're in grassroots and you see these tournaments, like I sponsored an event with my brother at our local college, and you know, 60 people showed up, and people that drove six hours away, and it wasn't for the prize money. Like the prize money was like a couple hundred bucks. They drove six hours Dang. for a 20 year old game. Smash Melee is crazy. 20. Yeah. So you tell me if that's undervalued. It's undervalued. It's not even close. No, it's not. All this to say, they, they just came out yesterday with Smash World Tour 2020. And I'm, my brother is so excited. It, it's the, the, the biggest. That's so yeah, cool. Smash, Smash World Tour 2020. It's, the, it's the, the biggest news ever for the Smash community. It's not It's not even close. I mean, it's Evo was really big in 2013, but this is really big news. So now you're starting to see the wheel starting to turn on other titles. So that's kind of where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm curious. Now for an esports player, is it important to have a mentor? Same as like every other industry or any type of skill? Um Yeah, I think it's interesting. So I think about 
I think about my brother. Um, you know, he's pretty he's pretty close with some of the top players in the world, and has been out there and hung out with them. And he's talking about those experiences, and he, he says it really helps to kind of um, you know be involved in their community because um, you know one of the players, top players, has a Twitch and has you know tons of subscribers, and he's been a part of his community for five years. So he's kind of seen how he's seen the blueprint of what he's done. I guess technically he's not his mentor, but obviously with the access players can have to other players that have made it and be a part of other communities. They, they have a blueprint of how to do it, like how, how it can work um, because someone's done it before them. Um, but yeah, with like any other business, having a mentor is, is, is tremendous and you need to assess, you know, who, who do I have access to? Um, who can I network with to help me through the situation I'm in? Like that, that's with any situation. I think it's, I think it is really important because one conversation with one person can help you make help you not make a very devastating mistake. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. For example, like on, like, what, on taxes, like on taxes as well. Okay. Like if you don't know about, oh, you got to pay quarterly taxes on your donations and your subscriptions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, put, putting professionals around you, like an attorney, a CPA, that stuff is extremely important and not yeah. many people do that. I don't think people would understand that, like especially if you're an esports player, like, oh, I don't need to worry about taxes. It's like, no, you do. Everybody yeah. does, to be honest. People don't know anything about taxes. I don't like. I follow this guy on Instagram. I'm like, wow, I don't know anything. Oh my god. Yeah, it's and hard. um, it's a lot of info. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't they teach me it? What happened? But um, what habits do you have that make you more productive? Oh, that, um, oh, yeah, it's interesting. It's these are kind of just general. Um, maybe not so much. I guess esports gaming space, but just the ones I thought of is you know, obviously working out. Just look. I've been phasing my life when I when I don't work out and when I do, I just feel better. I'm more productive when I do. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that. You know, eating right and it's very basic. Yeah. Eat right, work out, get sleep. The other thing I wrote down was sleep. Seven eight yeah. hours of sleep, and that is the culture. Some of the I guess pockets of culture say, oh, you can only get two or three hours of sleep, seven to eight hours. Now sometimes I get six, but I've been when I've been most productive is when I am sleeping seven to eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not oh that's lazy okay you can have your own opinion if you believe that like that's just not my yeah, that's opinion. No. <laughs> your body needs sleep you know, exactly gonna, <laughs> you know i've done you know and i've done it before i've done four hours sleep and three hours sleep and stuff and eventually you actually might get more done short term eventually your body is going to shut down because i've been through it i've done it mm-hmm. i've done it that way and it doesn't work long term you may get think more things done on paper the first like couple months three months six months but especially as you get old, I'm 33 now. As you get older, your body can't do that longer term. So, no, I agree. The other thing, intermittent fasting. I've done that. I've done intermittent fasting for about about three months, and I'm not super strict on it. But I've seen my energy levels skyrocket. I really have. So I was kind of in a lull there for a bit. I did intermittent fasting, basically 16 hours of not eating, and then eight hours of eating. So it's like a 16-8 split. So if you want to start intermittent fasting, it's really good. Uh, and I, I do drink coffee during those 16 hours as well uh, if you're a coffee drinker and that kind of suppresses appetite as well. So a couple things. No, yeah, those are helpful. People can definitely gain to the TV students can try that out and help them improve mm-hmm. their learning structure. Cause yep. I know it's, it's, it's rough when you're like, yo, I, I sleep three hours and I uh, eat bad and I'm trying to study program, but I'm not learning anything. I'm like, huh, I need to <laughs> sleep more and uh, eat healthy. And maybe your brain will actually pick up the things you learn. Exactly. Advice. But uh, like to end it off with doing a challenge for them because our community, we do courses and at the end we do a challenge. So I like to do a podcast to get everybody to make sure that we're paying attention. A challenge for them so that way after the podcast they can do a form of uh, execution and start working towards their, uh, their goals. So uh, what challenge would you give for getting to the students? It could be anything. Be sports, gaming, uh, could even be like lifestyle, whatever you, whatever you can think of. Gotcha. You probably know where I'm going with this, but make 20 pieces of content. Beautiful. Make it. 20 pieces, and I know that I was, I was thinking about maybe saying 10, but let's just go. Let's go 20. Let's let's double that. Let's, let's go 20 pieces of content. Now, here's what's awesome: is again, if you listen to Gary Vee, this is an example. If you're on five platforms and you make a post, it's not 20 separate posts, right? If you make if you're on five platforms, it's really just four original posts across five platforms. So you mm-hmm. heard the you heard the number 20, but it doesn't have to be 20 separate ideas. It could just be, you know, five ideas across four platforms or vice versa. So depending on how many platforms you're on, right, it that may take you it might take you two minutes. 
it could be you know text version, video version, yeah, you know, start a podcast, whatever. But just d- do something where, and, and then you need to do something where you hesitate before you send as well, because what that means is you're doing something that you're on the edge about, like, oh, should I send this? And it's a, probably a good thing that you're kind of mm-hmm. feeling that because it's more of like, what are people going to think and all that? Like, definitely go out there. And when you, as you're posting, if you kind of have that, you know, you're a little nervous that you're doing something right. No, I agree. That's a great challenge. I can't wait to see what they all do. I love to see it. No, I love to see that. By the yeah, way, yeah. Well, so. Post all that content on your social media, post it on the game, the TV forums, post it in the Facebook group and the uh, comments on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it was great having you on, Chris. This was an amazing conversation. Definitely got to pick up get more and talk talk about it next time. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, we're going to hand the mic to you so that you can uh, finish it off doing shout outs, tips, tricks. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure. You can connect with me on social. Um, so unfortunately, it's not all the same on every platform. I think people are running this as well. Um, but on Twitter and Instagram at Level Up EXP, um, on TikTok, Level Up Experience. You can follow you can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn, Chris Reed, C R I S, no H, and Chris. Um, and those are the main platforms to, to get in touch with me. Um, I do have a Discord server as well. Um, I do have uh, kind of a Linktree link that you know we might get connected other ways. But yeah, definitely LinkedIn's number one. If you want the one place you want to get connected with me, uh, you can do it on LinkedIn at C R I S R E E D. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all GameDev.TV courses at courses.gamedev.tv slash courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount. Get started with your game development journey today.